So today's guests on the show, guests, two, due, uh, Rebecca Shorstein and Monica Pasquini um, are two coloratura sopranos who have created, produced, and even written um, a good amount of um, a cabaret show that they've been touring all over the U.S. and uh, taken to Italy once. They're taking it to Italy again. And it was such a pleasure to speak with them about the ins and outs of how they created the show, how they um, have bridged opera into it and where it came from as far as the inception of their show and their original ideas for starting the show. Uh, the fact that they're two color tour sopranos and they were at competing conservatories where they met competing for the same roles, but they uh, are best friends and they have such an infectious um, positive energy about them. It was so fun to chat with them about um, what they've created and what they're taking around. So if you have heard them live, wonderful. Let me know about it. Write in uh, voicedocspodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you think of them live. I would love to see them live. They have a few videos online, one of which is viral and linked in the description below of them singing a duet version of Queen of the Night where they alternate every other pitch, sometimes every other phrase. And it's technically uh, really tricky and they pull it off pristinely. So check that out. If you haven't seen it, stop this now, listen to their, uh, their rendition of it, then come back to the podcast. So uh, it'll provide a bit more context. All right, uh, without further ado, hope you enjoy the conversation I had with Rebecca or Bex and Monica. We're live. Okay. All right. How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for joining in here. <laughs> We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Truly my pleasure. Um, now, Monica, I'm not familiar. I've never, we've never met before in person, but um, I have met Rebecca before and I've heard her sing before. And I remember being totally impressed because you sang Lucia at the time, which is. It's not a baby role. That's a big deal. <laughs> so, and I remember um, hearing the quality of your voice and the power that you have in your voice. And then this like video of you guys doing this Queen of the Night thing duet was circulating and you're up to like 35,000 views at the moment. And, uh, you know, usually when people post those types of videos like that aren't like true to the music, whatever. Um, they end up being, you know, complaints from like purist opera singers like, oh, it's whatever. But the long laundry list of comments of people who were saying things like they're legit and like all this stuff oh. and like how cool, you know, in that uh, in that forum, that classical singers forum. And it's true. I was like, holy crap. I showed my wife and she was like, whoa, that is wild. <laughs> she's not a she's not a singer or anything. Um, OK, so you guys are doing well. Yeah, we're doing Great. really well. All right, cool. So let's jump into this. I want to get a sense of um, how you guys both became singers um, and we'll sort of work our way through time into where we are today. Um, so Monica, because I don't know you, how about we go first? Where'd you go to school? When did you um, decide you wanted to be a singer? What, uh, if you can comment on the quality of your voice at your very first voice lesson? Okay. Like the things uh, that you had then and that you were lacking then and, and basically okay. bring us up to today with, with what you've worked on with your voice. You know, I, I always, I think, knew that I wanted to sing. I remember when I was younger, I wanted to be in the choirs. Um, 
I loved it. My mom was a pianist, so I grew up in a very musical household. And from there, I started taking piano. And my piano teacher had a like a touring kind of after-school show that she put on that she asked me to be a part of and sing in it. Uh, so I did, and I loved it. And then I went to performing arts high school for theater. And then there, my voice teacher was like, wait a minute, you kind of have this, this top range that mo that's like a little different than most, you know, belters at the school. So we started exploring that and uh, I still had my first voice lesson. And what I will say is that I think what was kind of always there uh, were the high notes. And that was just what naturally came. It was just, uh, I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to really figure out what I was doing. My voice just naturally did it. Um, and then, so I, I studied that through college then, and then grad school where I met Rebecca. And uh, yeah, and that's kind of where that all came from. And uh, still, you know, the top I think is still for me the easiest and the bottom I'm still trying, it's still figuring out. It's definitely uh, the struggle I think for high, high voices. So let me ask you this about your top because um, most people when they say the top they're like yeah the top like B flat B C but you're a color tourist so you have music written for example in the Queen of the Night up to F and in some cases right. we hear color tourists sing A flats above high C sometimes right. yes. so was that top always there for you or are you yeah. did you have to train to reach even like the extreme of the extreme stratospheric type area or was it just always there? It was always there, yeah. I think in, in undergrad, I did a concert where I did a B flat, where I sustained a B flat uh, from high C, which uh, is like ridiculous. And I just, I didn't wow. even have to think about it. You know, we, like we didn't, it was just like, it just happened. Oh and I goodness. was like, cool, this is fun. <laughs> and the color tour um, listeners then, are yeah. wanting to, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> I know, right? And then you go down to like where everybody else is like easy and they're just like crying because it's so hard to do just like a regular middle C. I can't do it. So it's funny. Yeah. So, so um, it, as far as how your voice works, like it's the, it's the low range, like the chest register that you're, that you're focusing on, or is it, is it um, just like Definitely. the lower middle? What would you say? Yeah, the lower middle and, and mixing everything in to sound like one uh, seamless voice is mm -hmm. uh, definitely what I'm still working on to Great. this day. And um, who's who's the teacher you're studying with? Uh, I work with Beth Roberts. Oh, wonderful! I love Beth. I did oh, her. Are are you at um are you at Manus right now or are you oh, no, professional right? Okay, great. Yeah. Um, she had like an internship with uh with the met opera guild or whatever that I did my final year at Manus. And it was the best thing I ever did. Cause it was through there that I decided, okay, I want to teach. I don't want to sing professionally. Like teaching is way yeah. more fun than performing for me. So yeah. I always like had like, I, I wouldn't say stage fright cause I wasn't afraid, but it was just like such a level of nerves and like pressure in my head, but maybe it was a tenor thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, or any kind of performer thing, but anyway. All right. So Rebecca, on to you. Tell me about um, how you developed your voice um, when you first discovered you had one and you wanted to be a singer and what it is you're working on now, technically, if anything, and the big technical strides you made over the years. I come from a very musical family. And um, so my sister and both my brothers all sing and are fantastic musicians. 
And so it was kind of in my household, like whoever was the loudest got the most attention. So maybe that's where the <laughs> opera came from. I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, but I did community theater all through middle school, high school. And I kept getting cast in like um, the more operatic roles. Like in The Sound of Music, I was Mother Abbess when I was like 14 or something. And I was always like, why? <laughs> but uh, when I went to school, uh, at North Carolina for the Arts for undergrad, um, that's when I first discovered the high notes, actually. Because uh, one of the first musical theater pieces I sang was Vanilla Ice Cream, and there's a high B in that. And I could barely tap it. And I didn't think I was going to be able to sing the song because of that, but it was such a great piece, and I wanted to sing the role, so I was like, I will get this. And then um, in one of my lessons in undergrad, we were just playing around, and that's when I kind of realized... And actually, no, it was more of in a opera workshop class. I forgot about this. Um, we were doing improv opera. Uh, it was so much fun. Everybody should do this. Always so much Our fun. Our teacher, Stephen Lacoste, was amazing. He would play um, improvising recit into arias, and we would just play. And that's what the first time I just didn't even think about what note I was singing. And I found myself in the stratosphere, and it was super easy and super fun. And... I realized I'd like to live up there. <laughs> Very cool. End of story. Great. Um, <laughs> uh, no, that, that's really great, though. Okay, so do you find yourself today um, struggling with any part of your voice? Because I know that um, a lot of listeners who are sort of listening because they want some technical knowledge from someone other than a teacher or an old timer, basically. So, um, and I think that this podcast has served that need a little bit in a way in that, um, you know, we get to hear what our peers who are singing professionally successfully have done recently to overcome those hurdles that have enabled them to move to the next level. So if you have any kind of um, insight or experience that uh, you want to share regarding that, either of you, um, any, any struggles, let us know what they are and, and how you got over them. If you can pinpoint one thing or a couple things. For me, it's um, very much the upper passaggio going into like, like A, A flat, B, um, like around there. I still have a lot of problems and my lower passaggio. And what I find is it's a lot of tongue tension. I'm a control freak, which I know a lot of singers are. And I really want to make sure it's in the right place. But, you know, the more you think about it, the more you start controlling it the wrong way. And what I found with my current teacher is that it's more support than the actual tongue tension. And when I'm supporting correctly and um, doing everything down there, then everything here is in the right place and it starts to go. And, and the hardest part about that area is tuning also. Um, and so everything just goes out of whack when the support isn't there and the tongue tension. So that's something that I almost always have to think about. What? So, when you do it improperly and the intonation issues happen in that area, do you tend to be sharp or flat or both? Flat, usually. Okay, that's, that's what I was thinking. So you were talking about support. Um, everyone has a different idea of what support is. What is it to you? Uh, it depends on the day. I know it sounds weird, but... Um, it's I, all weird. I, I, right. <laughs> Singing is weird. It's the most natural, unnatural thing anyone can yes. do, as yeah. we've heard many yeah, times. Yeah, well, that's very true. Um, I always go back to the, um, the idea of like starting here and then the lower abs, just kind of like keeping like the, the squeezing those muscles. Um, 
and uh, the 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 poop muscles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, if Pavarotti if Pavarotti said it, then I'm going to say it. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's true. Singing is so physical. You have to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, and my instinct, for some reason, was to push out as opposed to like pull in. So that's something that I'm still having to work on too. Which I don't know why anyone would want to push out their stomach when they sing. Like it's not attractive. Yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the point is is that it's different for everyone so i don't know if um someone posted an article and it, i i i should know this but uh, it just popped into my head now so I, I wasn't even planning on talking about it but it was talking about apoggio or support or whatever and it listed like the most common explanations for what it is like one after the other 20 of them or something or 15 of them and all pretty much all of them were contradicting the one prior to it oh, so I'm sure. it was like I'm sure hold your stomach out suck your stomach in Hold your lower yeah. abs out, suck your t- other, you know, and vice versa. And like every, you know, every. Or like saving your rib cage out. You yeah, know, it's, exactly. It's all, yeah. yeah. Oh, Rebecca, I forgot <laughs> to ask you, who are you studying with currently? Diana Sobiero. Okay, wonderful. Wonderful. Awesome. And um, how long have either of you been with your respective teachers? Almost five years for me. Yeah, about four years for me. Okay, so since grad, grad school then. Okay. Sure. <laughs> okay, great. All right. So tell me, let's, let's dive into um, uh, where were your operatic careers at before um, creating your show that you're touring around? We'll get to that in a second. But where, what were you guys doing within performance um, before that developed? Well, we both moved here around the same time. Mm-hmm. I think we moved here a few here. months earlier. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, we did the whole audition route mm-hmm. and got, we did like, training programs. Um, you know, did, like I did one in Austria, uh, the Austrian American Mozart Academy I did that, which was really fun. Um, yeah. And then we did a lot of auditions and sang with a lot of smaller companies and, um, and then you did a lot of stuff with, uh, with Pittsburgh. Oh right? yeah. Um, the, uh, Resonance Works is a fantastic company there that I've worked with a lot and I love. And I did a voice experience, mm-hmm. which I also yeah. really, I really like that a lot. Is voice um, experience also in Pittsburgh? No, that one, it was in Florida and now they're in Savannah. But it's really great for young singers. Is with that? Cheryl Mellon. Yeah, that's right. With Cheryl Mellon. That's right. Did you do that with um, Anna Richardson? Yes. Okay. I love her. Wonderful. She and I are old Pepperdine friends. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fabulous. We did it in Orlando together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I did IVAI. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did a lot of those. And then um, we did smaller. I, I did like a small company in Philly uh, for a season. Um, and then did some smaller things in New York, too, and upstate New York. Um, oh, okay. And then... Um, from there, then we uh, we were having so much fun, and I, we did a lot of solo stuff too, solo concerts, and then uh, did some voice competitions, and then um, we did this cabaret. We decided to do this cabaret, and it all started because we were double cast as the Queen of the Night in grad school, actually, mm-hmm. and we would practice together. We would help each other through the difficult spots, you know, because it was it seems like all of the parts I was having difficulties with she was just like like seamlessly and flawlessly just going through it and then and vice versa so we were like let's 
let's like get together and let's like help each other. And that's what the cool kids do on Friday nights. Right. They hang out in a practice room going through the Queen of the Night. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we would help each other out. And then we just started <laughs> one Friday night. We just started like, I don't even know how it happened. I think I started singing it and we, we both started singing the color tour part at the same time. And then we started laughing and then we started alternating and we were like, oh, wait, this is actually kind of really fun. So then we spent hours <laughs> working it out. <laughs> And then it became our party trick. Yeah. And we started doing it uh, everywhere we went at school. And then wait, finally, wait, wait, wait. Where is everywhere you went at school? You're not like walking down the halls doing this, are you? Well, obviously, no. Just like any like gatherings, yeah. <laughs> any gatherings, any friend gatherings, or anything oh, like, like so, that. parties. And we'd be, yeah. So people would get drunk, and you guys would start singing Queen of the Night. Yes. And it was and they usually ask us to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Well. No, they loved it. Um, and, <laughs> and then after we moved to New York, we since we're the same voice type, we were never getting cast together and we were best friends. So we were like, oh, I really want to perform with you. So we decided, we were like, well, let's do this cabaret. And we were like, oh, let's do the Queen of the Night aria like in, in its entirety. Let's figure out the entire aria and perform it. You know, like this has never been done before. It'll be so much fun. And it was a huge hit. So we, we just kind of ran with it. And now we just uh, keep uh, finding ways to perform together because that's when we have the most fun. And, and it started out being more of like between the different opera gigs that we were doing. So it was actually really hard to find the first time mm -hmm. uh, to do a cabaret together. We had to practice over Skype or through email to talk about like what we'd be doing. We'd maybe rehearse like three times. Mm -hmm. So we were terrified about doing the whole Queen of the Night aria. To, like together the first time um but so much fun. yeah it was fun we just we 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 were just in tune with each other and so it just it worked uh yeah and now we do it as, as much as we can we do every time we do the cabaret it's different uh we travel with it and everywhere we go if a sponsor brings us in we will um, cater it to what they want and so we're constantly writing new shows and doing new rep and uh, but the queen of the night think has found it in almost every oh yeah uh, probably every 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 performance we've done the and if they don't want to we just do it as an encore yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah of course surprise encore. as you should as you should yeah. you know they probably if they, if they don't ask for it it means they probably haven't seen it on youtube or something randomly <laughs> right, right, right. so i want to go back a little bit when did when exactly did you guys meet first day of grad school the first class the first day of grad school she was sitting with a mutual friend of ours in pedagogy uh-huh and um they just seemed fun so i sat next to them and <laughs> we started laughing that class and literally haven't stopped yeah yeah <laughs> amazing because my experience well i guess maybe the stereotypical experience of like voice types who are the same who are competing for the same role get competitive and aren't don't let themselves be close friends but apparently you guys couldn't really help that like the fact that you yeah. guys said that you helped each other through the right. role you're double cast for like that's a crazy concept for a lot of people and it shouldn't oh, yeah. be <laughs> we tried really hard to hate each other I know. It's just too fun. <laughs> it didn't work that's great that's great. Okay, so now back to the cabaret show. So you guys have um, been performing it all over. So how far have you taken this thing so far? Well, we took it to Italy last summer, and we're taking it to a different part of Italy this summer. Uh, and we've traveled to Florida and Pittsburgh, Boston, Boston, we're going Kentucky, to Philly, 
Italy, uh, Orlando. Uh-huh. Um, we're hoping to take it to California in a few months too. We're working on that contract still. Yeah. So we're. If not, we're when I get it. home, I'll bring you guys out there. Perfect. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get someone to bring you guys out there. <laughs> I won't do it myself. Great. <laughs> I'm not no. in a position to be a sponsor. <laughs> But okay, wonderful. <laughs> and so the and then the rep you guys do, can you talk about that? Like you said you do some writing yourself. Um, do you borrow rep, you know, tell tell me what that process is like. The whole thing usually starts with us choosing whatever pieces we want to sing within the rep, and then we'll often base the cabaret off of that, unless it's from a sponsor that they decide what they want. Right. Um, if it's our own cabarets that we're writing and producing, we'll usually choose the music first and then come up with a theme within that. I have two brothers and they're both unbelievably phenomenal composers so they've both written for us um and we use their stuff in our cabaret which is awesome so neat because they write it for our voices yeah and it's it's just really special and we do opera jazz musical theater um we like to find lesser known composers and do them as well um yeah we kind of just do everything that we can now the piece that i saw online other than the magic flute was or queen of the night same thing was the um, Hanukkah Christmas back and forth oh, yeah. you guys have. <laughs> that was brother, hilarious. Her uh, arranged that for us, that That's whole so medley. Amazing. So was that an existing piece then beforehand? Or <laughs> he, know, he, he wrote well, it? Yeah. We, we wanted the pinnacle of the, that cabaret, because the whole thing was we were arguing as to whether Hanukkah or Christmas is a better holiday. I mean, obviously it's Hanukkah. Obviously it's Christmas. Argue, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so which one's so, Jewish, which one's Christian? I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So I called my brother and I, w- I was like, here's a list of Hanukkah songs that I want to use. And here's a list of Christmas carols. Can you just like create this medley and uh, intertwine the melodies and just go make it work? I knew what I wanted to start with and end with. And he knows our personalities well enough. So he just kind of went with it. And we actually got to perform it. Um, with him once uh-huh. like the second time we did that cabaret yeah. with him on guitar so it was like me and him and then monica and the pianist on like the christmas side it was really fun yeah amazing it was awesome oh my god the whole real point of the cabaret was just to teach everyone about both the holidays and we both end up falling in love with the other holidays right yeah i think after that piece i go into a song called i could be jewish for you <laughs> and it's really funny because you know like my character is just totally clueless but really like is just loves being the open-mindedness of, of the Jewish culture. And it's so sweet and it's it's really like heartwarming, but funny. She uses all these um, like Harry Potter uh, <laughs> terminology because she thinks that they're, it's Jewish, but it's clearly not. It's, it's awesome. Uh, yeah. And so we do like little things like that, little transitions into fun pieces that we've found that we've never been able to really perform before. So we just keep a log of all of our pieces that we come across that we want to do and, and then eventually we'll we'll make it into all of our memories so amazing so have you found yourself yourselves um putting opera to the side in in order to focus on this or are you maintaining both uh right, pursuits focusing on this more mm-hmm. mostly because of the opportunities that come mm-hmm. and we both just love to perform in any way possible and and we add some, if we really feel like doing an operatic piece, we'll, we'll add it to one of our cabarets. Uh, that's the great thing about it is that the cabarets can be whatever we want. And so 
for one of the cabarets, I did a much more classical, even though it was English, it was much more classically uh, inclined. So I, I did that and, and it was great. I just didn't use the microphone for that. I just put the microphone far away and I just wailed. And uh, it was it was really fun. And people, they, it's exciting because they're not really expecting that a lot. So you uh, will definitely throw in operatic pieces. Um, amazing so like do you do you have do you tell the audience why you're putting the microphone away that like opera is done without microphone or do you just do it and you let it happen oh you just do it awesome. <laughs> and sometimes if you forget it blows out the mic a little bit and so they get mad at us anyway so we try to yeah be smart about oh yeah it away. right but we also right. just came back from florida where we did uh all operatic duets uh with an orchestra and then an operatic aria as well um so we're still performing together, but each time we perform together, it, it can be totally different, which is really yeah. fun. It doesn't have to be just a cabaret. Um, so how did that gig come about if you did an operatic? Um, was it because they saw you as a cabaret Well, it, it's actually, and... I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, and that's where we went. Um, but it's because they had seen the Queen of the Night duet, and it was with Jacksonville Civic Orchestra, which my mom plays in. And so we got to perform my mom playing the violin both my brothers were in the orchestra as well it was so cool and we got to do the queen of the night with full orchestra which is really neat i hope there's a recording of that somewhere yeah we should i think we just got it and we did the we did barker roll which was you know uh interesting for two you know high sopranos uh during bella nuit uh but it worked and we did lacme too and we we switch who does the top in certain cases who does the bottom so that we both you know so that one of us isn't always singing the bottom or always singing the top we'll switch it up so do you switch that piece by piece or do you switch it in the middle of the pieces piece by piece we have been toying with the idea of possibly doing it in the middle for like a second verse too just to give a piece variety and we might do that at some point and we know that, you know, going back to opera purists, they sure, they surely don't want to hear two coloratoras singing like the Barcarolle, the Lockmate. But at the same time, again, we just have so much fun doing it. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's cool to get to sing the bottom part of something that I would never mm-hmm. get to do in a big opera hall. Right. So I actually, I love singing the mezzo part of the Barcarolle way more than I I would. Yeah, and I love seeing the mezzo part of the, the lacme too. Starting to have mezzo envy, just like a little bit. I know, right? <laughs> but it's it's totally fun. It's it's very different and yeah. uh, it, it was really enjoyable uh, and, and a good challenge too, you know, because we're both very used to, even in choirs, we would always pop, you know, the melody. So it was, uh, it's, it's fun. It tests your uh, musicianship a lot too and your ear. <laughs> right. Which it's really, it's really fun. So where do you guys, it. so where do you guys see this, this relationship going in the future? Short term, long term? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, we, we're open, I think, to it being, uh, to it taking lots of different routes. And that's what's really exciting about it, I think. The gig that we did in Boston, which was yeah. so much fun. We were hired to MC this event for a, a corporate company. Um, and we sang throughout the day and got to introduce people. It was very much like a, um, a word, um, kind of like an awards, an awards show. Yeah. yeah an awards, like, See, like, why it's nice to have like a yearly, yeah, they're like, they're kind of like yearly corporate event where they give out awards. And so the Dundies you know, needed someone yeah. to be in season. We're totally fine with, you know, we were like, 
yeah, sure. So it was, it was, it was awesome. Really fun. It was like the public speaking part was really fun. Yeah. And uh, we got to improv a lot when things went off script and we're both, we love thinking on our feet. And uh, so we just had a great time and we performed throughout it too. Was Very it the Wang cool. Theater in Boston? Beautiful. Uh, so we like because of this, we've ha- both had more opportunities than we could have ever imagined, and things that we just wouldn't have guessed that we could would be able to do. So yeah. we're open to anything. The cabarets, like writing them, are so much fun. So, so much fun doing that. Um, and we both still are performing mm-hmm. separately, like pursuing that and mm-hmm. doing other shows and stuff, but. I, this is just so much fun. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Really, you're able to like travel with your best friends. Awesome. Yeah, that's <laughs> a that's a pretty sweet setup. If you can, uh, you know, when work becomes pleasure, then you're, yes. then you're good to go. So back to when the cabaret show started, how did specifically going from the duet, the Queen of the Night duet, to getting your first gig or creating your first gig? What what? Uh, can you point to a specific moment where you decided to write a show around this idea? Well, uh, I started doing cabarets when I first moved here. Um, I have a lot of trouble sitting still, so I always have to be doing something. <laughs> and my sister lived here, and uh, so we kind of put something together. And then I did a couple others. And we had been talking about it forever, but I think you were in Philly at the time. Mm-hmm. So when she moved back, uh, we started talking about it, and uh, once we finally got enough of the, the rep that we wanted mm-hmm. to do, uh, we contacted Don't Tell Mama, and uh, it's a great performance. Oh, space. yeah, they're um, wonderful there. And we weren't really sure who was going to show up or <laughs> how it was going to go. Um, it was an interesting concept. It was a choose-your-own-adventure cabaret. I don't know if you ever read those books. No, um, I haven't, actually. Okay. I'm so ashamed to say. We to, well, you should as soon as this podcast is over. Go yes. Um, but so we, we obviously had a set list of what we were going to sing, but we had no idea in what order or in some cases um, how we were going to sing them. Mm-hmm. The intention. Of the intention, exactly. Um, and the audience throughout got to decide what happened next. And so it was one of those things that we were so excited, but it, it was either going to go Right, right. No idea. (laughs) And and luckily, it went great. It was awesome. Uh, Great things tend to start with a taking a big risk. So that's amazing. Yeah. Did you guys feel like you had nothing to lose, or like you were just like, let's you know, let's just go have fun? Like, yeah. I mean, we're both uh, very passionate about it, so it's like we really wanted it to go well, and I think we were nervous. But yeah, at the same time, like you said, it's like, why not? If you don't. Go big or go home. Right. Well, and yeah. I felt comfortable too, like being on the stage with her, knowing that it was like Rebecca that was my my partner in this in this show. I was just, I of course there was a little bit of nerves, but I was so calm about it. And I, when things did go wrong, yeah. you always know that your friend is going to be there to have your <laughs> back and cover for you. Yeah. yeah. We, we, it was fun. Spread out that liability. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Because I trust her so much. Yeah, but we had fun. we caught each other. We we and it was it was great. So we after that, I think we were both on this performance high for about a month. I'd yeah. say it was so exciting, and we, we were like, we were "How like, can more. we continue doing this? This was like the best experience we've ever had. Like, yeah. Can we please 
keep doing this. So would you so. say that that was like the best performance the two of you have had together or your, or the memory you're most fond of when you think of all the times you've performed together? I want to know what that is. Yeah, I guess so. because it was the first time we'd ever experienced anything like that. It's very memorable for me. Uh, and the audience reaction to yeah. after that, uh, it's that I'll, I'll never forget. That was really special. It was pretty cool. And like after doing all the work and all the nerves uh, for me too, like the time that I got to actually sit down for a second when she could have a solo and sit there and listen and think to myself, oh my God, she sounds amazing. <laughs> Watching the audience just eat up every bit of it. Like it's just, it's so fulfilling. Yeah. To, yeah. Get to perform with your best friend and be so proud of it's awesome. I love Amazing. it. Amazing. <laughs> so how many times, how many shows has it been? Are you guys keeping track? Oh my goodness. Um, like more than 10, more than 20? Uh, it's probably somewhere between 10. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. we've even had places now, because now the Christmas versus Hanukkah Cabaret has kind of become one that's in demand now. And we did it uh, in... Pittsburgh last year, we're already hired to do it in Florida this coming December. Uh, so that one's a particular show that, and we tweak it a little bit each time we go, but it's kind of a standalone show. So some of the, these we're doing multiple times in different places too. If you know, the sponsor wants specific a show, it's, it's great. And then we have it up and ready to go. Um, and then we're still creating new ones too. So we have quite a few. Amazing. One, yeah. So the can you go into the like rehearsal process for this? Like you know, for think of someone who's curious about going and getting a cabaret partner and starting their own show. Like, what's the rehearsal process for you guys after a piece has been written and after maybe you've done a cold read of a piece? Like, how do you then rehearse your show? Well, we should actually back up for a second. Okay. Yeah. I know exactly what you're gonna say. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, not, I'm not getting emotional. So our very first cabaret that we did together was yes. with uh, one of our best friends, Alden Gott. Did you know Alden? You've yeah, him. Alden. He's in oh. uh, Germany now, right? Incredible. Yes. He's yes. We, we visited him guy. last summer. <laughs> incredible. And so he helped us to write that first show. Yeah. He kind of, he and the Christmas first. And Monica the Christmas one. He helped us. We, so he was our, our pianist. So it was really a, a collaboration between no the three question. of us. And he was part for of the, a, For the longest time. Yeah. yeah. Interactive. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the pieces that my brothers wrote, we through uh, chords, chords at him and he created this and he, orchestration. Oh, it's beautiful. He's and amazing. he knows my brother as well too. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So when he decided to get hired somewhere far away from us, we were really, really <laughs> upset. <laughs> um, but that was, that was actually one of our biggest struggles was the first performance without him. Without him. Oh yeah. That was, and that first rehearsal with, <laughs> with, without him. Yeah. And it, it you know, and not that that the pianist wasn't good. It was not just that it wasn't it wasn't Alden. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that was something that's something that we've had to and I, I think we're we've kind of found our way yeah. now, but we can't wait for the day and that we have them back. Some <laughs> phenomenal pianists and they oh, each yeah. have their own thing they bring to it and some want to be more interactive with us uh -huh. and some just want to don't, play. Yeah. And so we respect that too, because oftentimes we don't have as much of a choice. Like when we're traveling we have to find someone or the sponsor finds someone for us in that place. Mm -hmm. And so we don't even get to rehearse before except for usually once, maybe once. Yes. So do you guys have like, when you go to a new place, do you have like requirements for a pianist if the sponsor is going to find one for you or do you just trust that they're going to throw someone good at you? Uh, 
a little bit of both, I think. We like to find our own at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Based but, on experience. Uh, just, yeah. That's really cute, um, but, uh, <laughs> this is so cute. That's Kingston. <laughs> he hangs out during interviews. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, and so we, yeah, we have we found uh, some of our own, especially through friends of friends, too. Some a lot of recommendations of people that um, that we know would kind of like get us <laughs> and and our show. Um, and now it's, it's kind of fun a little bit now. Uh, it's always exciting. Yeah, kind of figuring out this new relationship with this pianist and, and, and how to incorporate that in the show. And it, it's a fun, it's fun every time. And as far as the rehearsals are, like once we've done a show, it's kind of like a little bit in our bodies. It's more about re-memorizing. When we get together to rehearse, we usually end up talking about other things. Yeah. Like an hour before we actually start rehearsing. Right. Um, <laughs> Of course. <laughs> yeah. um, and then when we get to wherever we're going, like I said, it's just one perform. Oh, sorry, one rehearsal with the pianist, um, and then a dress rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just kind of have to trust that it is going to be what it is. And again, it goes back to trusting yeah. your partner more than anything, and knowing that whatever happens, it's going to be fine. Yeah. And it's kind of what makes it go well. But for the new shows that we do, it's a little bit more challenging because we usually have to take more time to create it. And when one of us is out on a gig, or sometimes both of us, it becomes very interesting. It's just like late night mm-hmm. Skype calls or phone calls trying to come up with it. And again, we just end up spending half of it like laughing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> our rehearsals. Well, and that's where a lot of our jokes come from. That's true. Is from our just rehearsals and our brainstorming sessions. And we'll just be joking about, you know, going into a different song. We'll just make an offhanded, you know, oh, that just comment. And then the other person will be like, that's brilliant. <laughs> and then we add it into the show. And that's, that's what happens almost every time. It's just purely... Just jokes from our conversations or we always just hope that other people think we're as funny. I know. <laughs> I know. I think that's our biggest fear is people not finding us as funny as like as much uh, as fun as we have in our rehearsals. Amazing. I mean like this whole process how it unfolded from from a party trick into a whole I <laughs> partnership that's like been extremely successful in the past year. I mean, how cool is that? And you guys are so positive about it too. Like even when you talked about the stressful times, you're still just, I can tell like that you, that you don't resent anything. Like it just, it just seems like it's all been a positive experience and like, yeah, well that was uncomfortable the first time, but it's, it's right. become an exciting process now to get to see right. what you're going to get with a, with a pianist. Oh but, yeah, absolutely. Well, and like, you know, every performer knows how, how lonely this field can be and traveling alone and being on gigs you go back to the hotel room by yourself or homestay whatever you're doing and even being on stage sometimes you know it's 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 you it's scary and while it's amazing for so many reasons that's one of the things that we love about what we're doing together is we always have to this back and if one of us is having a down day the other one will pick up the slack and whatever it's just or you know it's just amazing yeah really really lucky yeah and we get to to travel together and and we have a lot of the same tastes and things we get to explore together and uh, it's just it's awesome and share the stage uh, together which is just really thrilling that's Uh, great so i want to get a little more about like your working partnership or even personal because it's sort of like the same thing um yeah (laughs) so do you are you guys a uh 
let's call you a couple for now. <laughs> are you a couple that um, you each have similar strengths or you find that one of you has strengths in one area and the other in another and you are able to bridge that together and contribute to the show in certain ways? Like who do you rely on for certain aspects and who do you rely on for other aspects? Monica has a much better memory than I do. <laughs> do I? So sometimes I'll forget what's next and she will jump in and make sure we are on track. Which is uh, very cool. <laughs> Bex is, yeah, it's, Bex is really wonderful at, um, at really bridging between uh, the songs when, when we're trying to figure out our segues. Uh, she's so great about segueing from one song into another. Uh, so I think that's that's always really fun. We'll we'll sit down and we'll we'll separately kind of write our own little segues in between pieces. But then I mean, ninety percent of the time we we go with Bex's because she reads hers, and I'm just like crying. I'm laughing so hard. Like we have to do that. Yours is way better. She's so good at that, and she's so good on her feet too. Uh, her her improv skills are awesome. I mean, she cracks me up on stage. I just, <laughs> Like I can't help it. <laughs> Amazing. So like, I, I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm like such like a tech head. I think so cerebrally about this stuff, like, which is my struggle to like, let go of that and just like perform for the love of it. But you know, it comes through in the questions I ask. I'm interested in how you write your, how you write your segues. Like, do you have a formula or do you just kind of think like, what would be entertaining? Is it from experience? Like, tell me that process because oftentimes that, that can be the most entertaining part of a show or at least or at least the thing that can you know be the difference between a successful show and an, and an unsuccessful show that's it's one of my favorite parts about putting together our cabarets is that part of it putting t- like the, the segues together and figuring out kind of the story arc line of it arc line is that a word totally. sure so um arch. what we often <laughs> do is what oh i'm sorry Thank that's you. okay just want to make sure everyone can hear you Um, once we've picked the pieces that we want to do we the next thing is to kind of put it in an order that we think makes sense you know making sure not too many slow songs or too fast many fast songs or funny songs i generally have more funny songs and she generally has like all the slow legato beautiful pieces (sighs) so that's been something that we both try to like do more of the other so it's more balanced Mm -hmm. um but it also does. We also do balance each other out just in, in that's those, true. those uh, strengths. But yeah, we, we will then switch, you know, uh, which is always really fun to really switch fun. those parts. Blonde um, brunette, Jew and Gentile. Uh, worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really tall and she's super short. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, but yeah. We'll often go through different variations, mm-hmm. numerous different storylines before we settle on one. But it's just, yeah, like you said, we'll kind of each go through it separately and come up with different um, themes and different uh, transitions between the pieces. We'll go through the text. We're very heavy mm-hmm. on text mm-hmm. um, and find things to pull out from the pieces to create the transitions and the overall storyline. And of the cabaret. One of my favorite meetings that we do in the process is when we share uh, what we've come up with. We'll be we'll normally meet like a coffee shop or something, and we will just be—I mean, just ridiculous. We're laughing so hard at what like the other one wrote. It's so much fun, and we're always—it's great because we we're both really um, 
think we're both we're really open to each other's opinions, uh, but we're also really honest, and we're honest about uh, ourselves too, you know, and, uh, and 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 it's great, and it, it just works really really well. Uh, we collaborate really well, uh, even in the writing. Yeah, that's apparent. You don't even need to. That's that's uh, that's the obvious part. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's so much fun. And then and we I don't think we've ever had anything where we've been like, no, but I really think that this. The other one's like, but no, I really think this. We're normally like, no, you're right. Yeah, oftentimes one of us will say one, and as we're reading it out loud, we'll be like, that's, that's not funny. No, no, I take that back. <laughs> uh huh. So is the goal then with these segues to be as humorous as possible? Like, is it a no. Okay. What's the goal? What's the goal? Like, do you have a, uh, a hard and fast like rule for a segue or like a goal for writing all of them or does it, is there like a, like to have a cohesive story? Yeah. Okay. So like to tell it, like to tell a story from beginning to end, we don't like to have a piece for absolutely no reason. Right. Exactly. And, uh, I, I remember there was one, I think we were going to the, when you believe, um, and I had written something that, you know, I was like, wow, this is awesome. This is so good. And then Bex wrote, I read what she wrote, and I was like crying. I was like, that was so beautiful. We have to do that. And it was, it was, it was gorgeous. Um, and it, it because it, it tied in a lot of what was happening earlier in the cabaret too. Uh, and then it, it was, and it was right before our final piece. And it was just this. It, she wrote just to perfectly summed up what the show was about, and it was, it was beautiful. That's great. I think I think people are starving for um, a story that's really served to them in these sort of shows as opposed to a showcase of pieces, right? Because right. It, anyone can sing well. I mean, not anyone, but like a lot of people can just like get up there and wail. And it's the people who are have the have this story the cohesive story and are able to string you along in that way you know we usually talk about at least on this podcast about how someone's voice is captivating um and it always it doesn't matter like how technically you go into it it seems to always go back to the text on the story that it is you're telling and and you know when you breathe in the thought of the character you're gonna sound a little better you know which is the minutia that we get into here but what you guys are doing creating your own story and seeing how you can spin that along and keep the audience engaged uh, that's like another level i mean i want to say above what most of us are training to do um, in opera but it's because you guys are writing your own story and coming up with those twists and turns yourself as opposed to being handed a story and wondering how you're going to bring that to life. You have another step that you're a very large step that, that you guys are responsible for. So like our goal is to write all of them, our own music too. Amazing. Have you got, have you guys started? So you haven't started playing with writing your own music yet? Well, we want to use my brother's, um, composers we we write a little bit with the text but um we haven't gotten to where we want it to be yet but that's definitely the goal okay to compose everything the ground up just the two of you amazing Uh, well with with your brother oh with your brothers yeah completely original as opposed to pulling pieces Uh uh uh-huh i see what you mean great so all right so i'm trying to a little bit to I, I want to know if there's been like a, a situation other than losing your faithful accompanist uh, or pianist that has uh, proved to be a, a, a big learning situation for you guys or maybe something unpleasant that you had to overcome as uh, 
a duo, you know, with a show other than just the natural process? Like, have you run into any obstacles or any like um, unfortunate surprises or anything like that that you're willing to share? Yeah. Um, yeah, we actually, actually discussed if we were going to talk about this <laughs> and, uh, and we, we decided we were, we actually haven't told many people about, uh, our experience. Um, but we, uh, both, uh, auditioned, well, we were encouraged to audition for, uh, for AGT, for America's Got Talent. Um, which we thought that'd be a fun way to get it out there, what we're doing. Right. It's certainly weird. It right. It's like the perfect, you know, way to kind of introduce it to people. Right, yeah. And so we, we made it past, uh, you know, numerous audition rounds. Which was super fun. Yeah. That part of it was awesome. Yeah, that part was great. And uh, and then they flew us out to uh, to L.A. for the actual, you know, onstage audition for Simon Cowell. It was, uh, yeah, it was the past season, so it was when Simon Cowell was there. Um, and you jump in whenever you want. I don't want to oh, say sorry. everything. No, no, no. I just don't want to say everything. Story. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, yeah. Even from the, the, the uh, interview process, we kind of felt something was a little off. They were clearly probing us for a story, uh, something very uh, traumatic that had happened to us. And, you know, there was nothing that we were willing to share, you know. And so it, it kind of started getting weirder and weirder. But anyways, long story short, <laughs> it did not go well. Yeah. Well, actually, well, it, it went well. It was, <laughs> they were not into it. They were not into it. And he, his comment, Simon Cowell, which was cool because he said that we both have great voices. Yes, he did say that. So that's, that's the only thing we took away from it. Yeah. That's <laughs> the only thing any of us ever wants to hear right. is Simon Cowell's Simon. compliments. Yeah, right. I know. Um, but he said, this song is just too crazy. Because we started, we did The Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, they, yeah. just, they just didn't get it and uh, they were like I don't know this is like so they were like it's so dramatic and Max was like <laughs> opera is dramatic Gosh. <laughs> it's like the queen of the night what you... and they were they were poking at us they were trying to get us upset or to do something and we're right. that's not and we're both, yeah so we were just very calm and uh, but it, it was just it was really interesting the whole day they had you they had you in the back and that people were interviewing you but they were eating you lines you know you you they would ask you a question you would answer and then they'd be like okay so so say it like this and we'd be like oh okay so you say it like that and then minutes would go by where they would keep saying okay we'll say it like this say it like this by the end of it you were saying something that was not what you had originally said they're very good at it really interesting the whole concept of this reality tv uh it, it was that whole day was it was draining and it was to see the way that they treated other people and and they were, you know, what they would do for good television. They don't care about the people that are involved because you basically sign away your life on the on the waiver. Um, and well, they're, they're trying they, to get views as best they can. Yeah. yeah. It's, they're selling a TV show. And yes. so yeah. it was it was really interesting seeing the behind the scenes of that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then the way that they edited it to, you know, the audience was actually really responsive. Uh, oh yeah, we got a standing ovation. Yeah, they, they didn't show that. No, no, they only showed. Oh my gosh! How I know. lame. The way that they, they edited it, it was it was so hard. Uh, so we for were us. we were a little heartbroken from that, just because we weren't expecting it. You know, we have friends that have been on the show before, and you know, they didn't make it all the way to the top, but it was at least a good experience for them, and they got a little bit of exposure from it. 
And so we were thinking, if nothing else, it'll be a cool experience. Yeah, we'll get our name out there. Yeah, and it it ended up, uh, there were a lot of things. It took a lot out of us. Yeah, and so for a while, we were really... we were really down about it. Um, oh no, my mom's going to be heartbroken listening to this. I know. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, I mean, it's just there's just one person's experience or two people's experience. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> it, it's amazing though. Like I, we want honest accounts here, so I mean, that's yeah. that's just yeah. It's pretty incredible when you see the movie magic and stuff that they uh, all the doctoring they do. I mean, um, shooting shooting the live stuff is just one part of it, but all the editing and stuff that goes into it. And so yeah. I can't believe they had you you felt like they they the director was having you not only say things just to have a different option to choose from when they for their final edit but that they were actually trying to shape your response into something yes. they wanted specifically yes i think that yeah yeah and uh, everything even, even the moment we walked out on the stage honestly there was this weird feeling it didn't where in the eye at first. All of the judges papers. all of a sudden turned like very cold before we even opened our mouths. Yeah. It was just like cold. And we were like, oh, what's going on? You know, it was, it was really, it was really weird. Hmm. Um, but in the end, I think it, it made us closer. Mm-hmm. It made us stronger. It made us realize that we can get through singing in front of all those people and millions of viewers. And we didn't know what they were going to end up editing together at that point. We realized if we can get through that, we can get through anything. Yeah, exactly. We had each other. I mean, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. I did that by myself. Um, yeah, that would be but, rough. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, ultimately, I I honestly think, you know, we did really well in that situation. And it, was, it wasn't it was for them. Uh, and we, we learned a lot from that. You know, that what we do is kind of uh, for a, a certain audience and not for everybody. Um, and we get that and we understand that and we especially get that now. And so that's the lesson we've definitely taken from this. So how does that, how does that lesson that you've learned manifest itself into, um, your production of your own show that you're touring around? Like, you know, do you feel like you need to tell the audience ahead of time it's classical in nature, like as a disclaimer or something or? No, I don't think so. I think if anything, it just made us realize that we, we will do what we do. And if, don't like it they won't come back and if they do then they will and you're never going to please everyone mm-hmm. you have right. to do what you do well and, and what you love to do because mm-hmm. if you try to please everyone you're, right. you're never going to please anyone right but i think we know to like market to uh to certain um you know groups now and in certain communities and yeah, yeah uh i think it, it's helped shape our, our marketing a little bit better i think in a way yeah. Sure. So talk about that just for a second. Um, we're we're getting towards the end here. It goes by really fast, I know. But um, <laughs> so, how does your marketing work? Like, is it once you know you have a gig, then you start promoting that the gig's coming up, or do you like go into certain communities before you've even been hired to go there to try and get an invitation through the back door that way by marketing? The, the first one mostly. Yeah. 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 Once we decide uh, what we're doing and when we're doing it, we'll start advertising for it which is kind of scary sometimes mm-hmm. because we'll start advertising before the show is completely finished because <laughs> <laughs> you have to advertise so far in advance now you have yeah. to get everything rolling really early mm-hmm. so we're like i hope it's gonna be good i know <laughs> so is this just on facebook is this print like uh, everything yeah and email blasts um social media blasts um uh, posters yeah. uh mm-hmm. even 
and we'll reach out to specific people sometimes that we think will invite more people and whatever we can do. I mean, with social media, it's so easy nowadays to get things out there. Right. Right. So, uh, you guys should definitely keep uploading to your YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. Um, is the, what, what's it called? Rabonica Shore Squeenie or something is your YouTube oh, channel? Yeah, it's our, our names combined. <laughs> right. Yep. I figured that one. <laughs> yeah, but it's only got one video on there. So I want right you to get now. all of it. I, I want you to we get have, all of it yeah. on there. All of it on there. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, uh, we're working on, uh, on sending a lot of really exciting stuff. Yeah, good. Just keep pushing content out there. I mean, for something like, um, you know, I'm a huge proponent of if you're, if you can see it live, you need to see it live, um, especially in opera, because you don't experience the acoustic sensations if you're listening to it, you know, electronically or digitally. But with your art form, and you use microphones half the time, not all the time, but like, that is something where you can take advantage of of online space and just get as much out there as possible so that people hear it. I mean, you have 35-ish thousand views on the only video you have on your channel. So, and I, by the way, this might be personal, but like you guys can totally monetize that as well to like have some, you know, background support. I don't know. So not yeah. like I, not like I'm an expert on YouTube or anything, but like you can <laughs> I know, get yeah, that yeah. stuff going, you know, people need to hear people need to hear stuff like this and you guys are advocates for um the art form that people arguably say is dying or whatever so you got to get it out there and yes. your your energy is so positive and like infectious that uh more and more people need to need to hear you so Thank you. <laughs> there you go that's my spiel <laughs> make sure as many yeah that's it Okay, so so what shows do you have coming up? Where can people hear you next? Ooh, well, we have some coming up in, in Italy, in central Italy this summer. Okay, what towns? Uh, well, it's going to be all around Umbria. Mm -hmm. so. Beautiful. Yeah, well, once we get specific uh, venues, we can put those up, yeah. too. Yeah. Great, and, and do you then, put them up? Do you have a Facebook page for your cabaret show? Or like a yes. website for it? Yeah, we're almost done with the website, and we need to make a Facebook page too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're uh, yeah, we're compiling everything uh, now, and then we're gonna launch everything. Okay, so uh, and so until then, how do you how do you want people following what it is you guys are up to? Uh, I guess we just we we post it separately on our own Facebook pages. personal. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that's kind of how people have been following us. But right. I guess if you're not friends with us, then you can't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But we have a cabaret coming up in the fall that we're going to do. And then uh, we'll have everything launched oh, yeah, before be then. New York. It'll be in New York. And so we'll have everything launched before then. Uh, so uh, you can find all of the information on that online uh, before that happens, which we're really excited about. Amazing. Oh my gosh. I yeah. hope I get to see it one day. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so um, are you guys, do you have any? contracts coming up um outside of the cabaret space are you performing i'm doing a elixir of love with hubbard hall in august august yes which i'm super stoked for adina i think awesome that's a fun role too yeah. that's so much fun. very cool that's such a cool opera i love that opera okay cool and monica nothing so far Oh, I have the cabarets coming up. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering, like, if you guys are performing, people need to know how they can see you. Okay, great. 
Awesome. Okay, <laughs> wonderful. And you guys are both in New York City. Yeah, you mentioned that. Okay, great. Yes. Very cool. All right. So anyone listening, pay attention, follow them on Facebook and see what's coming up next. You guys, thank you so much. Thank you thank for you having us. us.